Hey y'all, this is Ledge, and before we get to this episode, I want to tell you a quick story. I remember when we were contacted by one of the top video fitness apps in the United States, and they were doing a total rebuild, and they wanted to do that with our engineers. So we set that up, and we've been at it for two years with 10 different team members in every possible skill set from design to product management to scrum master to development. And it's been a really exciting journey where we are completely in charge of staffing that entire team for them. That's not a common scenario, but it just gives you an idea of the reach that we can bring to the table, you know, time and time again for mobile apps and for web apps and for design. And I think that's really one of the strengths of the huge bench of talent that we bring to the table. Now for our episode. This is the Frontier Podcast powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at The Frontier Pod. Sektu and Joseph, great to have you on. Thanks so much for joining today. Lech, it's very nice to be with you on that podcast. It's a pleasure. If you don't mind, maybe tell the story a little bit of uh, your own personal stories and the way that you got to where you're at and then the work that you do together at uh, White Hat Security. Good. Um, so we actually do a lot of work together. Joseph and I uh, spend a lot of time uh, talking about strategy, meeting with our customers and helping them understand what DevSecOps is all about. And personally, I've been in uh, at White Hat for three and a half years. Uh, but before I joined White Hat, I worked in application development. So to me, this is a good convergence of all the ex- experience that I've had in application development um, with large enterprises, combining that with uh, application security and really helping our customers secure their business. Joseph? Uh, I have been with White Hat Security for a year and for many years before I have been uh, a lead uh, application security analyst with Gartner, where I was one of the pioneers of uh, this application security market. Um, I left Gartner as uh, the lead analyst and um, Gartner fellow. I joined another startup that was successfully acquired, and then I joined What Head Security to bring together vision and execution in application security space. Absolutely interesting. So, maybe start with you know uh, DevSecOps, application security, I and mean, it's such broad topics, and yet of so much import now. I mean, the, the day doesn't go by that we don't hear about some kind of breach, uh, one way or another, you know, or malware or what have you. Entire cities being held hostage, and you just all this I think converges into the space you're in, and yet you know for a business or a technology leader. There's just so much to digest and, you know, maybe help us make some sense of that, you know, just in in a consumable way of such a vast topic set. Uh, Very well. Uh, Let us try to do this. DevSecOps is application security. No more, but no less. It's a tremendous job to provide application security for the entire life cycle. And if you wish, there are two parts to application security. One is to integrate application security in the process of developing and operating applications. So making changes to the process of building applications and exploiting applications 
to make sure that the process is secure. And the second part is to build security into the runtime, protect application in the runtime. So now you see that application security perfectly fits into DevOps, into the entire process from the moment you start developing dev part of it to the part, to the phase when you start operating your application, which is the ops part. So now you see that DevSecOps is an injection of security into dev and ops process. Securing application, development and operational lifecycle on one hand, and securing application and runtime on the other hand. And and why this is more important today than ever before is because these applications that Joseph is talking about are running your business. Almost every company out there, every enterprise out there, however big or small, is using applications as the new storefront, right? They are interacting with their end users, their end customers, their end buyers using applications. And what we have seen over the last many years is that as applications become the most important asset for an organization, application security or lack thereof becomes the biggest business risk um, any enterprise is carrying. And that's the reason why injecting security within the development and operations process within the DevOps process is so critical um, to, to success for a business. It totally makes sense. And so I'm thinking if I'm, if I'm in the seat where, you know, I'm a, I'm an organization, right. And I need to be more aware of this security is always one of those things that, you know, you should do, you might even think you're doing it, but are you sure? And how do you know, and how do you evaluate? Because the worst kind of risk is going to be that unknown risk. You know, the risk that I might be taking, but I'm not even sure how and where I'm taking it. And therefore I'm definitely not sure of what the total exposure is for my business. How do you help, you know, the client or, you know, in general, how does anyone start to break down this just huge macro issue, you know, for their own business? Good, good, good. And and this is something that uh, we'll try to tag team here, Joseph and I. So at a very high level, you're absolutely right. right. The risks are not static. These risks are evolving. There are new kinds of threats that that crop up every day. There are not enough people to go assess your applications um, for the new risks that are cropping up. And as a matter of fact, the number of attacks or breaches are also increasing exponentially. So if you take these three factors, um, it is uh, an exponential business risk that you're trying to mitigate. Now, to, to mitigate this business risk, there are a couple of things that come top of mind. One, what is the technology enablement that you have uh, to solve this problem? Second, what kind of people process you put in place to solve this problem? And third, I think it's also a methodology question. Do are, Is it okay to just do a one-time test and be uh, certified as being good enough? Or do you need to shift to a more continuous testing mindset? And I think what we're trying to do here at White Hat is bring all these three together. Uh, let me continue on what uh, Sutu has just started answering your alleged question. You ask, what is the way to evaluate vulnerability of your applications? And there is no issue that applications should be 
secure because they actually run our everyday's business in our personal and business and social life. So what is the way to evaluate the vulnerability of application? The, there is a mean that exists and it is application security testing. That is the business of our organization. There are a number of vendors on the market and we are, the Whitehead Security is one of the leading vendors in the application security testing. So we test your applications, we detect security vulnerabilities, we send you a report pointing to those detecting vulnerabilities. We explain each vulnerability. We offer remediation advice. So now you're able to fix vulnerability in your code or in your runtime, and then you would ask us to test your application again. So at the end, when our reports comes with no detected vulnerability, it means that you eliminated all possible application security risk. And we have means to do that to do application security testing. We offer a full set of technologies that we recommend our clients to apply. Let me mention, if you don't mind, a few of them. Uh, let us start with a, a technology called SAST, S-A-S-T, or Static Application Security Testing. This is the technology that analyzes your code, code that you have, that your developer have written. It analyzes the code, detects vulnerability, and in report says, for example, in the line 17, you have SQL injection, the vulnerability that enables hackers to retrieve all sensitive data from your database. So in the report, we'll point to the line of code with, where your vulnerability has been detected. We explain what it is. We give remediation advice, showing even examples uh, in the text or even attaching some video clips showing what kind of code you should implement to fix the vulnerability and then with high confidence you can fix the vulnerability asking us to test it one more time to see if it actually has been fixed that is static application security testing and you can apply it as early as at very first initial programming phase you finish programming your unit of the code and then you can test and detect security vulnerabilities in your code. Then you can continue with the test phase, the build phase, and test code there. The second technology is DAST, Dynamic Application Security Testing, the one that tests your application at runtime, that analyzes application runtime behavior, and it actually emulates hackers' behavior. Our DAST technology launches automatically simulated attacks against your application, the one you, you just program and want to get tested. It analyzes your application responses, trying to detect and actually detecting potentially wrong behavior. Based on those behaviors patterns, it launches another set of attacks and another attack and moves from this page to the next page, to the next page, from this link to the next link, to the next link. Thus testing the entire application, and in the end, also generating a report pointing to detected vulnerability and suggesting how to fix it. So now, with Assessed, you analyzed your application code. With Dest, you analyzed your application runtime behavior. And yet, there is a place for another technology, fundamental as well. It is called SCA, a Software Composition Analysis. This technology analyzes your application for the presence of open source component. And you know 
that nowadays in modern applications, up, up to 90% of all applications have or consist of open source components and a great majority of them is vulnerable. So SCA technology that we run to test your application will detect vulnerable components, components with a security vulnerabilities, components with a legal vulnerabilities, components that might require licensing, for example, so you would know that you properly address licensing, intellectual property issue. And the third important issue, it would enable you with our reports to see uh, how old are these components that you are using. For example, conducting thousands of application tests on daily basis, we very often detect components that are 25 and even more versions back from the most current release. So you can see all details of your components and remediate them right away. We would also help you to address the zero day vulnerability. For example, if a new vulnerability had been detected, let's say an open source component, and it's become known to you without SCA, you wouldn't know what application or which application have this infected components with the help of our SCA, you'll be able to do it. So all these three technologies will enable you to analyze, to get a complete security posture of your application, and we'll do it all from the cloud. So we don't need to buy our technology, install it, maintain it, learn how to run it or run it and be responsible for the breadth and accuracy. We'll do it for you from the cloud. You know, if I was a cynical business person, uh, maybe I was at one point in my life, you know, I would I would think that, well, I'm hiring very high-end developers and they're really good. And I expect that they should deal with all these things and that I would never need to have a third party do this work for me. Now, I actually know that that argument is full of holes, but I would love if you would poke holes in it because I think that happens a lot, that we have this idea that uh, software engineers and organizations should take on all the burden of this and should do it right the first time, quote unquote. And what would you say about that? Because I think that's kind of a controversial position. It is, it is. And I'm glad you brought it up. Look, here's the thing, right? Um, First and foremost, security is is a team sport, right? You can't just stand up uh, a kick-ass CISO or a kick-ass development manager who's going to solve uh, this problem for you. So first and foremost, um, recognize that it's a team sport. But very quickly also recognize that in this team, everybody's got a position to play, right? And that is where we think uh, there is a lot of opportunity in the industry to implement better security programs. Bring together the right people. Joseph spoke about the foundational technologies that are needed, DAS, SAST, and SCA. Take these technologies, bring together the right people, and tell them the role they have to play in the software development lifecycle to ultimately get a more secure product. Now, to focus on that particular persona that you pointed out, the developer, I do think that the developer of today and the developer of tomorrow uh, needs to develop a security gene in his body, his or her body. What I mean by that is uh, you need to uh, internalize security as a concept. So when you're writing code and when you start thinking about design patterns, for example, 
you start thinking about secure design patterns as well. So when you create an application, when you architect an application, you start thinking about security implications of your design upfront. It is not happening today. That consideration is happening after the fact, after a vulnerability has been found, or worse still, after your application has been breached, you're trying to reverse engineer your way into better code. You cannot reverse engineer reverse engineer your way into better application. You have to forward engineer um, your way into having secure by design applications. So to me, that developer persona uh, is a part of the puzzle, but is also an important part of the puzzle from an enablement perspective. Um, look around you, look up courses, uh, graduate level courses, how many of them have an enduring security program uh, that they run through the course that will help you produce better engineers. You can have an engineer who is well-trained on machine learning, on artificial intelligence, very pertinent problems to solve, but what about a well-trained engineer on security? Nobody's really identified that as a big problem to solve in the education system, in the training system. So I think there's a lot of work that we can do on the job. There's a lot of work we can do from a workforce preparedness perspective to inject security into the curriculum out there. So that's, that's kind of a holistic view of how uh, we can take fundamental technologies like DAS, SAS, SCA, put together a program that incorporates development, security, and operations, but at the same time set up the right training, um, whether it's on the job or work for, from a workforce preparedness point of view to kind of get a more holistic, uh, forward-looking approach to building better applications. Yeah, I love how you said that about, you know, education, because, you know, sure, it, it institutionally, it can start earlier. And I think you know, we could probably make that argument about a whole lot of things in our in our discipline, you know, that that education, uh, higher order education, you know, just, you know, is having trouble keeping up, right, that, you know, curriculums lag on the speed of uh, change, you know, in, in our industries, and which are now, you make a good point, it's all industries, because we're all like highly dependent upon, upon software. Um, well, you're speaking to 10,000 engineers, you know, or more right now. Uh, how would you recommend professional development track be taken so that that everybody can, as a community, start to level up their chops in application security? Uh, a loaded question. So let's try to break that down a little bit. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I think there is when you're on the job you obviously don't have the luxury of a four-year course. You've got to do stuff on the job in the sprint. Um, so first and foremost, I do think that we need to make ourselves aware of technologies that are out there like DAS, DAS, and SCA that can help you find vulnerabilities quicker. And then once you've found it, that's half the problem solved, then you've got to figure out how to fix those vulnerabilities. So there's a little bit of uh, practice that you need to get into your day-to-day -day lives around fixing security vulnerabilities. So maybe guidance number one, if I if I can call it guidance is, let's start treating security defects as functional defects. The moment we elevate security defects to functional defects, I think developers will find a way to learn how to write more secure code, right? So elevation of security defects as something that needs to be addressed within the sprint with higher priority uh, akin to 
functional defects, I think is is the first way to enforce um, security behavior within within the development team. Now, I do think that uh, developers need the right incentives to uh, become more secure developers. And by incentives, I'm not saying give them more money, but by all means, give them more money. Who, who doesn't want more money? But my point is, how do you, to a certain extent, gamify the development process uh, to encourage developers uh, to exhibit a more secure development behavior? And there are a variety of ways you can do that, right? For example, you can set up a leaderboard. You already do all of that uh, for other kind of development challenges. Set up a leaderboard around who's writing more secure code. As a development manager, look at the security defects that are coming up and then do a little bit more analysis. Which developer is predisposed to uh, creating which kinds of security errors? Give them very specific focused training. Instead of giving somebody a 400-page book on security, why don't we give them a two-minute video recording on how to fix SQL injection? Those are some of the ways and techniques that we can innovate ourselves out of the current conundrum that we have. We hire full-stack engineers, but from that full-stack, security is missing. I love that. Yeah, great feedback and you know, very actionable for the, the tech leads amongst us. Joseph, I'll, I'll give you the last word. You know what? Um, what's on your mind? Having heard that that conversation, as we uh, dove a little bit into the the developer side of things, come back out maybe to the the macro strategy side and, and wrap us up. The primary the primary objective of DevSecOps or of application security is to make applications secure. And if I look or when I look at the spectrum of solutions for application security, I can see one approach, the most efficient, the, the paramount one. And that approach is application security testing, more specifically automated application security testing. Um, if you look at security learning, for example, security training um, and other things, they're important. Yes, it's true, but they are not achieving their objective. They are not making code and application overall as secure as it is necessary. If you look at the statistics, you would realize, for example, that 38% of application, and this is our statistic, we're testing, as I said, thousands of application on monthly, actually daily basis, and we collect all the statistics. So 38% of application that we analyzed have cross-site scripting in 2018. So about 40% have the most severe OASP top 10 security vulnerability. And let us ask a question, what was that number in 2017? And the answer is it was about 40%. And in 2016, the answer is about 40%. And in 2006, same 40%. We are not getting better. That is the problem. So the attempt just to train developers in best security programming practices is a good approach, but its impact is not as critical as you would accept. Developers that you're hiring, and you mentioned that, well, organization hire good developers, and you expect them to be application security, secure developers as well. No, they are hired to do the very different thing. They are hired to develop application functionality. 
Security is not their priority. They have to learn to be secure hundreds of different secure programming practices in all different programming languages. And then they have to be applying it. And who will ensure, who will enforce that they're applying it while their primary objective is not security, but actually delivery of application functionality on time and under budget. So the realistic, the most realistic, the paramount approach for securing application is automated application security testing throughout the application lifecycle. When the code is tested, but they automated static application security testing technology or SAS, and the runtime behavior under different angle now in the runtime is tested by dynamic application security testing or test. And the composition of an application is tested by the third fundamental technology, SCA, and it's done automatically and it's done continuously and reasonably quickly. Only through that you will achieve application security. The rest is secondary. Thank you for that wrap up. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, your, your insights have been really valuable. We look forward to sharing them with the audience. Thank you very much. Ledge, thank you very much. Great conversation. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.